Hear the gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Luke, in the 10th chapter, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs in, into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, may the life, the mission, and the example of Philip the Deacon continue to inspire us all in our great <coughs> journeys of faith. We ask this through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Please. In the earlier reading from the, from the book of Acts, we learn about Philip's ministry. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom. He was known for his dedication to serving others. Obviously the famous story is his encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch. As Philip was led by the angel to the wilderness road, he met this man who was reading from the book of Isaiah, but did not understand its meaning. Philip explained the scriptures to him, and the Ethiopian came to believe in Jesus Christ, and was baptized. This encounter reminds us of the importance of sharing the gospel with those who are seeking the truth. Even when they come from different backgrounds or different cultures to ourselves. Now this is the third person of my sermon, I think Morris will prepare a bit more. Because it's a very effective example of mission. But there's more to the story and much to gloss over in the telling and the retelling. So let's tell it. Philip's life story teaches us about the power of faith and the power of obedience. 
and the angel led him to that desert road. Philip didn't question, he didn't hesitate. He went where he was directed. That willingness to follow God's guidance, even when it might seem unusual or unexpected, is a lesson we can all take to heart. His lived faith and his obedience directly led to the salvation of that eunuch. And that should remind us that God can make good use of us when we are obedient to his prompting. We also learn something about Philip's ministry. He was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, with wisdom, and well known for his dedication to serving others. When Philip was led by the Spirit to meet the Ethiopian, the man was reading from the book of Isaiah, but did not understand its meaning. Philip took the time to explain the scriptures to him, told him the good news, and thankfully the Ethiopian came to believe in Jesus Christ and was baptized. Again, it's reinforced that encounter reminds us of the importance of listening to the promptings of the Spirit. Philip was fortunate he could share the good news of the gospel with that man who was seeking. He was seeking earnestly and yet didn't quite understand. Philip was able to overcome the fact that they came from different backgrounds. They came from different cultures. Even if those who are seeking are not at the center of or approved of by our society as we know it and as we live in it, it is a challenge that we must overcome because it's not a condition of spreading the good news that we must approve of the gospel. Or that our society must approve of them, even more important. Because that eunuch faced marginalization due to a combination of factors. And those factors included his foreign origin, his status as a eunuch, the potential religious restrictions he faced due to that status and the ethnic differences between him and the people he was visiting. His foreign origin was an immediate issue. Ethiopia was outside the cultural and geographic boundaries of, of society where he encountered Philip. Being a foreigner immediately put him into a little box that said he's an outsider. It would have been obvious that the unit was ethnically different from the majority population of that region. He just didn't look like the locals. As such, he was a person of suspicion and distrust, because after all, he was an outsider. Then there's the fact he was a eunuch. Eunuchs had been castrated, often as a condition of their service in royal courts. In many ancient cultures, including in biblical era, they were viewed as outsiders, they were treated with distrust. They were often excluded from social and religious activities due to their altered physical state. In fact, many cultures had laws which specifically excluded them from religious roles or denied them the privileges afforded to others. Now, those restrictions varied across different cultures, different societies, different religions, but they were there. In the Jewish tradition, the Mosaic Law in Deuteronomy chapter 23 Verse 1 specifically excluded eunuchs from full participation in the Jewish faith or full engagement with the Jewish religious community. 
because of their status as women. And nobody should. Was his possible sexual identity? His castration may have affected his, have affected his sexual identity. And again, this made him different from the majority of people in society at that time. A difference which was more than enough to lead to social ostracism and <coughs> And again, prohibitions are found in the Mosaic law for that. So we've seen that Eunuch's condition <laughs> certainly caused barriers <coughs> to his full participation in, ritu in Jewish rituals and activities. Not alone his status as a eunuch, but also his status as a foreigner and a gentile. So he really was on the edges. He was on the margins. And it's obvious he was a very well educated man. He was a court official, he was well read. He was most likely a God fearing Gentile who existed on the edges, on the margins of Judaism. But in spite of his high level status as an official, as a treasurer, us of the Royal Court of Ethiopia, he still could get no further than the margins of the society in which he travelled. Society whose customs he respected, and whose religion he tried to engage with. Metaphorically, we could say he was peering through the window, but never gaining access to the room, and he never had a hope of it. Because it was a society which kept him at a safe distance. He was over there. He was neither truly trusted nor allowed to access the religion that he prayed. He would always be an outsider, tolerated perhaps, but never going beyond that. He was treated with probably civil distance and most likely private distaste. Despite those powerful impediments and the questionable status of the eunuch, Philip demonstrated a wonderful sense of inclusivity and willingness to engage with him. And in doing so, he transcended those barriers. Religious, societal, cultural, ethnic. Philip saw nothing. He saw somebody who needed to hear the word of God. In doing so, Philip was emphasizing the Christian principle of embracing and including all people, regardless of their marginalized status, all public opinion of them. When he shared that good news with the eunuch, Philip clearly demonstrated that the love of Christ knows no boundary. He didn't judge, he didn't discriminate. He welcomed the eunuch with open arms. He shared the message of salvation. Now, we have to be honest, it must have been a challenge for Philip himself to overcome those barriers. Philip was from the culture that had raised the barriers. But he did it. And he faithfully followed the lead of the Spirit and engaged with that unit. Christianity for Philip meant looking beyond those constricting barriers, reaching out to a fellow human being. Philip saw the person he was led to, not the label, not the stigma, not the prejudice. Philip didn't just acknowledge the eunuch's presence. He didn't just nod and say, how are you doing? He engaged him in a meaningful dialogue about the scriptures. He introduced him to the message of the good news of Christ. <coughs> what greater gift could he give? And bearing in mind 
infinite bore of Christian witness with the human, he had to be willing to engage in conversation with a highly educated individual who would definitely challenge <coughs> Philip's opinions, Philip's views, and Philip's message. So Philip had to be prepared to deal with that challenge, to face it, to accept it, to overcome it. And he also had to accept that there was potential that his own comfort zone would be disturbed. He had to accept that his views could be challenged deeply. But because of his willingness to engage, to teach, to talk, Philip gained a convert to Christianity. And Philip didn't hesitate to welcome him into the Christian faith community. He didn't hesitate to baptize him and include the eunuch in our faith. And again, Philip did all this regardless of the background or identity or the social status of that eunuch. For Philip, inclusivity meant recognizing and acknowledging that eunuch's sincere faith, acknowledging and welcoming him into a community of Christian believers. It's a community which is stretched and broken to this day and to which we all belong. A community focused on the Word of God, based around fellowship. Our Christians are encouraged to build strong relationships with one another, to support and care for one another, both in times of need and in times of celebration. A community providing a sense of belonging and purpose to all on an equal basis. Philip showed that faith was not limited by social, by cultural, or by gender barriers. It was not determined by geography, by ethnicity, <coughs> or by anatomy. Inclusivity meant breaking down those barriers, allowing the gospel to reach all people, <coughs> allowing the gospel to speak, regardless of the social status or the identity of the listener. That story, that lovely story of Philip and the eunuch, highlights the inclusivity of the Christian message. The willingness we, all of us, are expected to show to break down barriers to faith. Because they are barriers to faith. Because when we do that, we're following not just the footsteps of Philip, but the footsteps of Jesus. Who never stepped back from the leper. He didn't step back from the outcast. He didn't step back from the marginal. He engaged with them. And he taught them, he spoke to them, he acknowledged their humanity. When Philip shared that good news with the eunuch, again, I keep repeating myself, he demonstrated that the love of Christ knows no boundaries. That there's a place for all in the kingdom of God. <coughs> there was no judgment, no discrimination. Philip didn't care about the human's ethnicity, his origin, his circumstances, or his status. He, was, he welcomed him with <coughs> and holding nothing back, nothing, he shared the message of salvation with him. And then he baptized him. In that baptism, the human became a fully-fledged Christian. He was no longer marginalized. He was no longer an outsider. 
It's no longer the other upper people through the window. He was a full partner in the Christian community through the hope of salvation. And that's something we also all gain in our baptism when we receive an equal share in the community of Christ. And sometimes we need to be reminded that the gospel is for all people, regardless of their race, their social status, their past experiences. It's a message of hope, redemption, that transcends all barriers. And Philip certainly is a good example of that for us. As his life and his actions remind us, each and every one of us, that we have a role to play in the Church of Christ. Whether we're called to be deacons, teachers, preachers, or most importantly, faithful followers of Christ, we're all part of God's plan to share his love and his grace with the world. And Philip's example challenges us, challenges us to be bold in our faith. He didn't shy away from proclaiming the gospel, even in challenging circumstances. But we too are called to be bold in sharing our faith, both in our words and in our actions. So as we reflect on Philip the deacon's life this evening, let's be encouraged to live out our faith with that same humility, that same fairness, that same sense of inclusivity that he displayed on that wilderness road. But also, let's trust in the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit and be open <coughs> to the sometimes unexpected ways that God may use us to bring others to his kingdom. Because remember, we are all followers and we're all guides. And above all, on this the feast of Philip the deacon, let's give thanks for the example of Philip faithful servant who reminds us that through Christ all things are possible.